go. Welcome to the High School Backups Podcast. My name is Nick, and this is episode 36. Today was a crazy day uh, for not only the NFL trade deadline, which we will indeed talk about. Yeah. There is also a list of things that happen in other sports worlds, such as basketball with Ime Adoka, and that's with Steve Nash for that matter, as well as we'll talk a little bit what's going on with the MLB, where they are in the World Series, uh, and then lastly, a little bit of NHL news, not much, it's the start of the regular season. Um, we also did that episode that I think was already uploaded uh, with Kyle, and I think it was Jake. So, uh, so yeah, so that was already uploaded, so definitely go take a look at that. Um, I guess we'll start with stuff we can get right out of the way, and then we're going to get into the real juicy stuff that went on. So, stuff out of the way. World Series currently tied at 1-1. Game 3 being played tonight, as it was postponed yesterday. Uh, good news, bad news there is that I really hope the Phillies win. Steve stopped licking that cup so sensually. <laughs> Secondary, uh, hopefully bad, uh, good news is that uh, the Houston is Houston is cheating, so hopefully they get caught this time and they have to forfeit the World Series that they're probably going to win. Go Phillies. Anyways, uh, the second piece I want to talk about would be the NHL. Uh, I already talked about a little bit on the video that uh, surprises and not surprises. Uh, Jake, do you want to give a brief synopsis? Yeah, actually, just an introduction to what those videos are. We're trying to create more content for our viewers and create more content for you guys. So from now on, we're going to be posting more sporadically, just uh, two or three people from the podcast talking about certain topics. So far, we've done a college football video uh, the, that was called Realistic and Wild College Football Playoff Scenarios. We went into all the kind of things that could happen over the next month that could affect the college football playoffs. You definitely go check that out. And then Kyle and I did one where we were talking about early uh way too early nhl contenders and pretenders mind you the bruins are absolutely contender if you do not agree go watch that video and see why i explain they are and yeah no you should definitely go check those out every time we post them and we'll still be doing the live on tuesday nights but those are just some extra content for you guys thank you jake yeah so a little bit of synopsis there bruins are doing great i think they play tonight actually if they're starting espn so maybe i'll take a look at that after our podcast throw that up on the side screen uh <laughs> point being um so with that going on they're playing the penguins at eight tonight so um not a lot going on in the nhl of that uh, other than senator stink like i told kyle they would so just remember that if you uh, watch that piece uh and then the also, ducks stink like most people do think i was about to say also the columbus blue jackets and the ducks are absolutely atrocious they are they are butt cheeks that's that's a simple way to put that they are butt cheeks so um point being definitely go take a look at those episodes uh especially the college football one i guess we'll touch briefly on that and feel free to jump in uh jake or whoever else wants to talk a little bit about it uh with the recent kind of winnings of tennessee and a few different teams uh we also saw for the first time in a very long time two teams tie at the top of the board uh for seeding essentially right um we had ohio state and tennessee tying at what was it 1500 points even i think Something it was like uh, which in the AP poll, which is absolutely ludicrous, the amount of math that has to go into the fact that they tied is crazy. So that's incredible. Tennessee does, because they have the head-to-head or whatever, they do technically have the advantage. I, I saw someone say that the Tennessee's technically the two seed because of head-to-head conference record or something weird. I know they're in different conferences, but something weird like that. Uh, that It'd just be advantage. like strength of schedule. 
I can actually look that up real quick. Um, so I'm pretty sure they explained it here. Um, either, either way, we're getting Tennessee and Georgia as a 1-2 seed on Saturday. And I'm ecstatic. I am so ready to watch that game. I think most people are because it's going to be a very fun one. Um, and I'm going to definitely try and take some time out of the day to watch it, uh, even though I'll be in Maryland for a wedding. But um, I can't find it really quickly here. But uh, point being, it hasn't very happened very often where two teams can play. Um, nonetheless, oh, Tennessee had more first place votes. That's what it was. They had 18 first place votes. So um, cool. So that, that's pretty much that there. Uh, what else? What else do we see over the weekend? Was it college or no? Excuse me, the women's soccer league didn't that happen i posted about that in the group chat uh i don't remember the team name but uh they did uh, there was a winner in fact i can just look it up women's sure there is a lot to talk about that's kind of more focused this is just kind of the start i literally a... well you mentioned a wedding nick and i think something pretty crazy happened on the 28th I think, uh, bro, you're gonna do this to me live. All yeah, of our viewers, please send a congratulations to chat as our wonderful Jake shares has got is finally engaged. Yeah, Woo! bro, that's been like months in the making. Months of <laughs> yes, planning. I didn't want to call him out, but I will say I'm the absolute worst because she had been suspicious about it and kept asking me if I had a ring yet or not. And I said, I haven't bought a ring, which is only a half lie because I still have to pay it off. So technically, I don't yeah, know I yet, but... I feel that on a personal <laughs> level. Uh, yes, and, and to, uh, again, congratulations, Jake. I know Thank I've said you. that multiple times, both in person and We'll be text. live streaming his I've wedding re- when it comes. I don't no, think we're no, doing that. Uh, <laughs> but it does add to a list of weddings here. Our wedding is sometime next year. We have our friend Caleb's wedding sometime next year. My wedding will be the following year, 2024. Jake's will probably be somewhere in that range, 2024, 2025. Aiming for March 2024. Okay, bet. It's going to be a winter wedding. Love to hear that. Uh, So it's going to be fun. And Steve's wedding will be happening eventually once he gets gauged soon. So there's going to be a lot of weddings up up in here. And uh, Justin and Andrew will be close behind. So... Uh, we are. <laughs> There's two yeah, steps I that need to come before that. We'll see. We'll exactly. See. Uh, point being, oh my goodness, Portland Thorns, Portland Thorns were the team that won the uh, women's, uh, the national women's soccer league championship. That took me a while to get that through. So, um, other news, and this is where we start to want to talk a little bit more about stuff. We'll talk about free. Or I would keep calling free agents. Trade deadline last. So. Email. More importantly, Steve Nash gets fired by the Nets today. Is that a surprise? Good for him. No, no. <laughs> but it's not a surprise because they choked the game the other, like what, last night, or the night before, and their season has been awful. In fact, I will look up the NBA standings right now. I know for a fact the Celtics are four and two, which is okay. They should be better. Uh, but the Nets are two and five, and they have who's likely considered one of the top three, top five best players in the league followed by another top 10 player in the league and they're still not winning and then they've been simming some bum simmings. so uh it's not looking good for them a coaching obviously is an issue on top of the fact that their personalities are issues so um let's talk a little about it so Ime Odoka is supposedly coming out as the front running candidate for that role even though he's suspended by the Celtics by the Celtics not by the league by the Celtics for a year so uh 
yeah, why don't we trade him for a draft pick? Just like we did Doc, Doc Rivers. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, I've got two problems, too, with this move for the Nets and the Celtics. One, personally, uh, after the allegations of what happened with Ime Adoka, like, shouldn't have a job in the NBA, should never have a job in the NBA. When it happened, I literally think one of the main reporters, it was either Woj or Shams, said it is likely that he'll never have a job in the NBA again. Ever. And quite literally the next head coach opening, Ime Adoka is the top candidate. First and foremost, he didn't deny what happened. And from what we can understand, and from being suspended for a year by the Boston Celtics, it had to have been like corroborated sexual harassment on a ridiculous scale. Like there had to be a... I'm, the Celtics are a very, very... I'm trying to find the right word here, but they have a lot of integrity as an organization. I cannot believe the Nets, first and foremost, after Joe Psy, their owner, comes out, you know, calls out Kyrie for a whole different thing. He should have called out Kyrie for what had happened. But, and Kyrie honestly deserves some suspension time on the other end. But hey, we're not going to get into that today. Uh, Joe Psy has no integrity at this point. He lets Kyrie to keep playing. He is about to hire Amy Adoka, who shouldn't have a job in the NBA. And Celtics-wise, for the short term, this makes no sense because as bad of a human being as Amy Adoka is, he's still a good basketball coach. And the Nets are getting a coach that is infinitely better than Steve Nash, at least at coaching basketball. I hate everything about it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I got to give it, I don't know. I feel like I saw Colin Coward's reaction to it. And he said, oh, Steven Nash is going to be, because he's still going to make, he still has some very good money from being their coach. He's just going to be playing golf and tennis by the end of the week. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if I, I've noticed ever since I've started getting to NBA more, how much more power players really have. And I think if you would have a player as selfish and headache driven as, or just headache, you know, inducing as Kyrie Irving, I would be relieved to move, get a better opportunity, move on, whatever I need to do. But I just feel like having to deal with that situation, I would probably lose my sanity after that noisy offseason of one of my star players wanting to leave and then my most selfish player just having such a loud offseason and basically, you know, setting us up for failure by flipping off the you know a team that would eventually sweep us so uh i feel like overall steven nash is going to be sad for now but the next morning he's gonna be like wow i don't have a really bitchy basketball player to worry about so he's gotta be eventually he'll see there's a silver lining to this realistically and steve to what you just said i mean again the mm -hmm. hiring makes no sense because the nets need mm -hmm. stability as an organization and this doesn't bring any stability to them for them nope. it just brings another controversy Yes. When it comes to the Nets, you have the Ben Simmons controversy of the fact that you're paying this man more than you would have paid James Harden, and he can't play. He can't shoot. He can't play. He's right now averaging four turnovers a game, 5.7 assists. Like, he's not playing well. Mm. You've got Kevin Durant, who's being Kevin Durant, and they're still losing, and Kyrie Irving, who just can't seem to stay out of controversy. Like, he's on can't 
he can't he can't get out of his own way. So I just don't like I don't get it from any perspective. I really don't. No. And if I'm the Celtics, they're saying they'll let him walk freely, like whatever. You could get draft capital for him. I really don't care at this point because he's not going to be any use to me in the future. He's not going to be any use to me now. I don't care. Yep. But if I'm the Nets, I'm looking for someone who has more stability. There are coaches out on the market that provide that stability and will challenge Ben Simmons to actually take a fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is averaging four shots a game right now. That's atrocious. You're paying this man a max contract to make your team worse. I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. Like, don't I don't know. Wrong, firing Steve Nash makes sense, but the hire on the subsequent side doesn't. It makes zero sense to me. And, I mean, at the same time, too, you... I don't know. I feel like the Nets also were, set, were looking at, you know, first getting Kyrie and Kevin Durant. It's, you know, we're getting players that definitely, I mean, not so much Kevin Durant, but definitely Kyrie. It's like, we're going to take risks because we know they're really good. We know that this has a lot of potential, but it could definitely blow up in our face. And it keeps, they keep trying to go for these risks of like, hey, this is just skill and we can make this work. But we know that there's going to be some backlash. And if it inches towards bad, it's going to go bad. And clearly that's what's happening. But they're not learning from anything. Honestly, just they should have just gotten rid of Kyrie to begin with. It doesn't matter. Get some draft capital or whatever. But you make they're making risks that just aren't working out. I mean, you know, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving experiment failed miserably they got swept and embarrassed and i'm happy that they did but they're just gonna shoot themselves in the foot more and then they're gonna be like oh what's the problem now it's like well you're doing this to yourself so i just i don't know they're, they're becoming like almost to the level they're similar to the level i could think about the lakers where these are just teams that are gonna underachieve and i just don't care about what's going on i've seen interviews like, I post, like, during the playoffs, they were talking about the Lakers and the Nets, and two of the guys just wanted to leave because, like, we don't care about these teams. And I hate that because the regular season, we're going to have to hear about them more and more. And it's like, I don't watch a lot of basketball pregame, postgame shows because I don't care about some of these teams they're talking about, especially, like, the Nets that just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Listen, the Lakers are a whole nother 30-minute episode where we could talk about how the fact that they're celebrating wins right now, I'm not even going to get into it. We can hop on and do it. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely looking for Nick, Andrew, and Justin's reaction to this as well. Uh, Yeah, um, which part? The Lakers? No, the Nets. Just the Nets. Nets. Focus on the Nets. uh, Which part do you want me to Just the Nets. Just the Nets. Um, I, I don't... I feel good for steve nash because god what an awful situation i feel bad that it was his first coaching real coaching situation i'm not surprised that the nets are like Udoka for Udoka. i'm also not surprised by the fact that they would hire him even with his controversy for the same reason that some nfl teams have taken on controversial players because it's worth it for them because they get a good asset in return However, I I don't necessarily think that Yume Doka should never coach again. Because I don't think his allegations were... They were serious, but they weren't like... Like, I'm pretty sure apparently him and his wife are now back together or something like that. There's a whole list... I, I don't need to get into logistics of it. Um, 
he didn't do in my mind something so bad that I'm like, oh man, this dude's a fucking man. You can have parts of your relationship, like in his case, sometimes people grow, you know, separate from each other. Like I come from divorced parents and they just grew apart. Like that happens. Mm-hmm. So if that if that's the case, then I don't have a problem with this. However, I know there were additional allegations that there is maybe some harassment going on. If those are true, I think he should probably not coach for a, at the very least a very long time. However, I'm very realistic in how the sports world works. So he this doesn't surprise me. However, if the Celtics are going to get anything from this, they better get a uh, they better get a freaking draft pick. I swear on Lord, they better get some sort of draft pick. Yes. Listen, like from a sports realistic perspective, yes. But from a personal perspective, I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the allegations as true because first and foremost, he never said anything that they weren't true. And for the Celtics to have suspended him, I feel like they had to have been true. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. genuinely, I don't think this man should have a coach again. But yeah. Andrew, your thoughts? Hit me with it. Um, I mean, you guys kind of all kind of stole the words right out of my mouth. Any disagreement from what all of you have said so far? Um, yes. It's a good thing for Nash to kind of be let go, um, especially after getting technical and uh, being uh, kind of pulled back by his own uh, his coaching staff as well to kind of solve things. But, I mean, it, it was a heated situation going into the offseason. The Nets didn't look great, uh, all the controversies. Then just adding this other controversy on top of it, um, I don't know. The Brooklyn Nets, I mean, their organization's in shambles right now. I mean, you got two star players on that team. Um, the team is kind of just like they both want out. They both want in. It's like it's like a light switch. You flip it on. You flip it off. You flip it on. You flip it off. It's just, they can't make up their minds if they want to stay. If they want to go. And I think the Nets, if they were smart, um, they should have they should have gotten rid of their, these assets and started with a whole entire rebuild. And I think Nash probably would still be here at this point. Um, and this controversy of this of Ime being the new next coach uh, with his controversies just adds more more problems into this franchise that shouldn't need it. It's actually interesting to think about too. It's how how Stephen Nash would fare if he didn't have such controlling, such big name controlling players that you can't do anything about. I mean, it's also a small locker room. It's got to be very intense, kind of being stuck in that kind of situation. But I mean, when yeah, because this is last year was his first year as a head coach. Is yeah, that what yeah, it was? Yes, he was assistant coach. Yeah, so when you're so new into it, and, I mean, just any coach having to deal with Kyrie is one thing, but when you're a brand-new coach and that's what you have to deal with, I mean, I I kind of do sympathize, still sympathize with Stephen Nash, thinking about that. Like, this is what you have to deal with for your coaching debut. That's terrible. No, Steve Nash, will, Steve Nash will find another job. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Steve Nash will yeah. find a different job. But mm. he made, as a rookie head coach, the same mistakes that Doc Rivers as a veteran head coach made, at least yeah. when it comes to Ben Simmons. So 
Ben Simmons genuinely, I believe, needs to be pushed harder, and they're babying this man. This is a 25-year-old man who they literally have said, I don't care if he takes a shot at all in a game. Like, I don't care if he takes one shot. I but really it, need to see them force Ben Simmons to be a forward, not a point guard anymore. Like, honestly, like, he, he's sorry, way too tall. He's way too tall to be playing point guard. He can't make the threes. I think he'd be a better inside scorer. He's just, I really think if, if I'm Ime, and this is coming from a coaching perspective, not um, personal size, uh, if I'm Ime, if I'm going to be that head coach, I'm forcing Ben Simmons to play forward, and I am not keeping him as a point guard, and I'm finding someone else to play in the point guard or guard position that he plays. Yeah, no, and honestly, like, Doc Rivers said it a couple years ago. He's like, I don't care if Ben takes a shot. Steve Nash made the same mistake. No, what Ben Simmons needs is to be pushed to shoot the basketball. Because, honestly, he gets the Russell Westbrook treatment where you can leave him wide open at the three-point line. Yeah, Ben is great at driving and kicking and making those assists and scoring on the inside, but when he doesn't take shots, he can't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And he's become so predictable where he's now turning the ball over four times a game. Like, he's at the lowest point. He's at the lowest points per game of his career. He's at the highest turnovers of his career, and I think some of the lowest assist numbers of his career. It's absolutely atrocious. I'm ready to move on from this point. If anybody else has anything to say, uh, go for it. I'm done. Odd one thing. Uh, statistic to uh, add to Ben Simmons. He is playing 32 minutes a game, starter minutes, good starter minutes. He is averaging six points a game on 32 minutes. So he oh, is averaging oh, oh. one. He's averaging one point every. Six minutes, uh, about five and a half minutes, but yeah, exactly. On the floor, one point that's really all I gotta say about since Ben Simmons breaking news. In fact, we added something to talk about today Mm -hmm. the college football rankings, the official college football playoff rankings for the first time this year have been released as we start getting close to the college football playoffs. I'm surprised Jake didn't see it. Number one is Tennessee. And the CMP rankings. These are the real deal rankings, the ones that create the playoffs. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Followed by number four, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama at six. Six? And then that, TCU, Oregon, USC's at nine, LSU at 10. And it goes down the list there. Some notables uh, Kansas State at 13, uh, USCLA at 12. Utah at 14, um, North Carolina's at 17, uh, Oklahoma State dropped all the way down to 18, uh, and UCF at 25. Um, shows Yo, the college football there. playoff committee ain't been watching the same games that I've been watching. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Tennessee is a is No, a Tennessee at one's fine. It's more Clemson at four. I'm just mm-hmm. not sold. I don't think they play anybody. I, I don't sold. think anyone's sold. I take, sold I take Michigan. I take Michigan either. I'm taking Michigan and Bama over Clemson right now, and that's yeah. not a hot take. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a real take right there. That should be <laughs> that should be given to them. God damn, giving Clemson <laughs> number four. That's. Yeah, that's not listen, I, I'm going to point everybody to go watch that college football playoff episode that me and Austin recorded and posted mm-hmm. on Monday. Like, that is what I'm going to po- post it on Sunday night. I am going to point you that way. We discussed all of this. All right, yes, perfect. I, I would also like to say that uh, on Get Up ESPN, they all agreed on the top four being Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michigan. Those aren't correct. They're just they're just not based on the CFP playoffs. So the CFP is wrong, big. dude. Michigan's well, better CFP than Clemson. The one, the CFP mm-hmm. are the ones that uh, decide where people go. So 
Give me the 12 team playoff. Yeah, seriously. 12 team playoff that UCLA going in, which is kind of crazy. So. I actually um, like that. I like speaking that. of college football, <laughs> BC lost to UConn in a complete, literally, shit show of a game. It was such a low scoring game, but that's like a big franchise, a big uh, win for uh, UConn because they've never beaten BC before. Wow. As a Boston College fan, uh, this was supposed to be the year that we took steps forward. It hasn't happened, and it makes me incredibly sad. You should have won! That's Sorry coming from someone. <laughs> you should have won. I'm telling you. I literally was supposed to go to that game, and I had another event that I had to go to. Um, uh, and uh, I was predicting BC was going to win the whole entire time, and then they do that against a team that's in the independent system, a program that is failing, and is just in shambles to like not do anything. It'll yes. Other sort of breaking news in the last few hours. It is a well-known fact that the Giants are pursuing Odell Beckham Jr. after making zero movement at the trade deadline. So, I, I'm guessing whatever push they made for a Judy or uh, like Brandon Cooks or someone like that just didn't work out. No, the uh, price, the asking price from Denver for Jerry Judy is too high, reportedly. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, I, I can see I, that. I, I mean. I mean, if the Giants do pursue, I think Beckham, as much as he would love to, he wants that grass. He hates turf fields. I want you to know that he is starting on my team the rest of the season. No takesies backs in both leagues. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, and I had Jameson Williams as well. I got a lot of locked and loaded on him league, so mm -hmm. just sitting on the bench. Uh, and now Jameson Williams looks even better since I only have him on Ross A. Brown, so I get to be more happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've gotten through all of our non-NFL-related news, unless anyone else has anything else to add. Uh, yes, real quick. one thing. Uh, Go ahead, Andrew, you first. We got 19 days until uh, World Cup starts, uh, 20 days mm -hmm. until the USA's first game. Um, I am sorry I haven't been keeping up with the uh, World Cup uh, best jerseys. Um, that is going to be kicking back off again this week, starting tomorrow morning. Uh, so please... Watch out on our Twitter at High School Backup Soccer um, and vote on the best jerseys. And we are running it like World Cup style. So the best two move on out of the groups. And then we proceed to move on to elimination rounds. No, uh, quick XFL news. The XFL released the names of their eight teams that are going to be playing in this upcoming season starting in February. Uh, three teams essentially just keep the same names and branding that they had before with the Houston Rough, uh, Houston Roughnecks, the DC Defenders, and the Battle Hawks. Yep. <clears throat> Dallas Renegade dropped the big city's name. They're now the Arlington Renegades. And then oh, that's so sad. <laughs> four new teams, including the San Antonio Brahmas, the Orlando Guardians, the Vegas Vipers, and the Seattle Sea Dragons. Big oh, XFL Seattle Sea Dragons? Yes. That's fucking sick. All right. I love it. But no, mm -hmm. anytime we get to talk football on here, I'm absolutely all over it. Uh, I cannot wait for the XFL season to start. When does it start? It starts in February. Oh, oh my gosh. We're going to have something so to talk ready. about during oh, the offseason. It's literally going to be end of NFL season, and then we're kicking right in back into football season again. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Gonna be, it's going to be fun. There are so many partners around the world like, you got to be kidding me, more football? 
Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, sure. Give me it. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm trying. Okay, this looks like a full list. There were 12 players traded today alone. I know there are other trades that I will try and track down from previous today. There's only a couple. There are 12 total players traded today. Um, I wonder if I can actually. That's just the players. I'm going to keep that just in case. Um, however, I want to grab maybe Yahoo Sports has it for me. They do. Okay. I'm just going to do this in the correct order here, starting with. We'll start with this one, because this one was technically after our last podcast. I want to make sure. Okay, it was. So. We didn't talk about this much last week. Uh, maybe we did. Uh, James Robinson to the Jets. That was the first thing that happened last week on the day we did the podcast. I have him in fantasy. I hope that he becomes number one guy in Brees Hall. He probably won't, uh, but I do have to hope as the uh, man of hope. Next thing, and probably the first big trade that did happen. The Eagles acquired Robert Quinn from the Bears for a fourth round pick. I would have given you a bag of chips in a third round pick. For Robert, yeah, <laughs> yes. So I'm glad we're on the same page as Patriots. Awesome. Great, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, there are so on. many. There were so many players who were moved that I'm like, bro, the Patriots could have made that move. Yeah, oh, these the are Patriots all crazy. That move. The Bears, though, they gave up literally almost their whole entire defense. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to hey, that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we're gonna get into that because we're gonna talk a little bit about each of these. So, uh, we're gonna go through each of these and, and go a little bit more. Chiefs add Kadarius Tony. They acquired him from the Giants in exchange for a third round pick and a sixth round pick. Kadarius Tony's ankle magically healed from the gods of the Chiefs. Cool. Uh, I'm happy for them to have someone to take away Juju's production. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad that Kadarius Tony finally has a real quarterback. Yes. I'm, I'm even more <laughs> glad. You know, there's a good amount of people watching right now. It could Kyle could very well be watching. That's uh, uh, that'd be weird because he said he's doing homework. So yeah, I'm glad for Kadarius Tony that he has a chance to actually catch a few balls because he'll actually be thrown in his chest. So, um, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens then go ahead and acquire Roquan Smith from the Bears for a second and a fifth. Again, I'll give you a first for Roquan. I'll give you a first and my left nut, okay, for Roquan Smith. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. What? What? Why? why that is the biggest move of this entire deadline, and I will go into reasons why when we're done recapping all of this. But that is mm-hmm. absolutely insane for the Ravens defense. Yeah, it that's really is. I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's just, I want to go in depth on that too. I'll yeah, later on. Yeah, we'll get through all of these and go in depth on some of the big ones. But keep going, Nick. Yes, uh, and I'll go a little bit quicker. Uh, Vikings acquire T.J. Hawkinson. This is a surprise and. I think it has medium fantasy impacts on TJ Hawkinson. I don't know if it's positive or negative. We're not going to know until we see how Kirk Cousins utilizes him, if he does. For a fourth-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick, or excuse me, those are two fourth-round picks with TJ Hawkinson, which is crazy, to the Lions for a second-round pick and a third-round pick. So it feels a little weird, but I get it. Um, the Lions totally make sense. I can't believe they didn't trade DeAndre Swift at the same time. Why not Deontay Swift? I don't. Uh, anyway, the Bears make another questionable move and grab a sorry, the number two receiver in the league in Chase Claypool. My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, barely a top two hundred receiver in the league. No, I mean, 
He's, he's, he's okay. Uh, from the Steelers for a second round pick. A second round pick? Are you serious? Are you serious? Yeah. I, I, he's like fifth at the most, if you want to You know push what this it. does? Big mm -hmm. value increase for Darnell Mooney. That's all it does. Straight <laughs> play pull against Smoke. Darnell Mooney, big value increase. Yep. The Dolphins. I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Dolphins acquire, because, yeah, they need more weapons in either yeah. side of the ball. Bradley Chubb. One of the highest sack sackers or whatever the hell it's called has yeah, most of the most sacks the last five years, for and a fifth round pick for the to the Broncos for a first round, a fourth round, and Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds has been garbage this year, so that meant nothing yep. to them. And mm -hmm. then a first round and a fourth round is probably enough for Bradley Chubb, and you get a fifth. So I get that's probably the Chase Edmonds piece. That's crazy good for the Dolphins. They're kind of pulling the, the 49ers technique or the Rams technique. Just throw it in all of this year and see what you can do. So good for them. The final big one, and then there's one more. Jag, the Jacksonville Jaguars acquire Calvin Ridley from the Falcons in turn for what could be worth a maximum 2023 fifth-round pick and 2024 second-round pick. A maximum. I'm assuming that means he plays... And that would be the max. So he plays a full season next season, and that is his maximum. Um, so that's the big one. There are some smaller trades, uh, such as Zach Moss went to the Colts. Uh, Jacob Martin went to the Broncos. Rashad Fenton went to the Falcons. Uh, mm -hmm. Dean Melrose, uh he's a safety, went to the Bills. They need some more safety help with some injuries. Uh, William Jackson, who's a corner for the Commanders, went to the Steelers. Neiman Hines went to the Bills. I, I, they got rid of Zach Moss and they brought in someone who is much more skilled. Mm -hmm. Jeff Wilson's fantasy value died by going to the Dolphins, even though it was already dead once Chris McCaffrey came in. And that is it for the list. I the list I have in front of me. Um, is Nick is yeah. Bradley Chubb Nick Chubb's brother? Well, yes, <laughs> they are. They are brothers. They're actually twin brothers. No, they're not. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, but I actually funny. didn't realize that Bradley Chubb's production was that high. Yes, uh, it's it's insane. I I can, he did you look it up because I know when it was him and Von Miller he still had like twelve seconds. Yeah, um, he was he was in the top four seasons. Oh, let me make sure this doesn't include this year. If it does include this year, uh, he has five and a half sacks so far this year. By the way, okay, yeah, uh, which is that's pretty, pretty good. good. In his that's just twenty twenty two. Why am I not getting career stats? Here we go. In his five and a half seasons, he has a total of 26 sacks. However, last year, he only played in seven games, and he did have zero sacks. His first year, he had 12 sacks, followed mm -hmm. by a four-game season with one sack, followed by a 14-game season with seven and a half. Last mm -hmm. year, only a seven-game season. So in the seasons he has played, at the very least, 14 games, or at the, at the very least, nine games, technically, he has had at least five and a half sacks but one 12 sack one seven and a half seconds so again he's very productive when he's playing when he's healthy yeah. uh he's doing well uh and this year also has two you know forced fumbles so he's having a good season this year he looks good again um so good for him honestly um there's not a lot of production anywhere else for that dolphins defense they've been a little sketchy so yeah what you do know you what think? this well this uh going to bradley chubb i mean so when in your division, so like, here's the thing: the AFC, the AFC is loaded at quarterback. 
So having a really good pass rusher is more important than ever. So, I mean, the Dolphins still have two very good corners, Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones. Very serviceable. On injury. What? Byron Jones has been out on injury. He's out on injury? Okay. Yeah. Well, you still, uh, you still have Xavier Howard, who can be a ball hog. But to really have a chance in the AFC, you have to be able to get to the quarterback. So Bradley Chubb being able to put some pressure on the quarterback is going to help them out big time. Because what that means is you're getting let, potentially less pressure off of Tua. But now we're seeing that Tua, I mean, Tyree Kill had and, like 180 yards receiving last week. So now you have a Dolphins team that, that – and all it really takes is one pass rusher. You look at the Steelers, which TJ Watt, they have an elite-tier pass rusher. So it's amazing what one player can really do to your defensive line – because then it can help your other guys shine too by getting less attention. So now you have a Dolphins team that, you know, Tampa Bay has showed that you, if you can get to the quarterback, you know, you don't need elite secondary play. So this is definitely a team that is trying to hit where the league's going, where you just want to get to the quarterback and disrupt them. And then you just want stupid cheap points and you have two insane receivers that can do that. So I think this will help, but I think the Dolphins can potentially be a wild card team. But I don't know if this makes them a Super Bowl team, though. No, I mean I don't think this move moves the needle for them. They still have to get to the Chiefs, the and you know the Bills. Yeah, and any other team that makes the playoffs from the AFC because the AFC is absolutely loaded. But mm-hmm. I so first and foremost, let's talk about the Bears and their fire sale, and then I have four trades that I think are the biggest moves of the day, which include Ridley. Uh, Chubb to talk about it. Robert Quinn to the Eagles and Roquan. But first, I'm going to address the Bears. Mm-hmm. I think this is the Bears admitting they are who we think they are. They're not a good team, and they're shedding cap space. Because next year, heading into next free agency, they're going to have over $130 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, mm-hmm. you add Claypool for a second, which I don't understand that move. I don't think Chase Claypool is worth a second-round pick but also he's still on his rookie deal, so it's not a lot of cap space on you. I think the Bears are going to make a lot of splash moves in free agency and heading into next year. That's what these moves are about. Yeah, it hurts them in the short term, but this is them admitting that Justin Fields needs help. This is them admitting that they're going to go into rebuild for at least the next couple of years where they retool, make some splash moves in free agency, get Justin Fields a line, pay some players on defense with that $125 million in cap. And that's where this is going to go. Now, addressing the first player they moved, let's talk about Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Andrew, you got the jersey on. The Eagles are scary as fuck. They were already really good. They were probably the best team in the NFC. Like, record-wise, they played like the best team in the NFC. The Vikings are right there with them at 6-1, and by the way. And they just added TJ Hawkinson. But... The Eagles' pass rush was already ridiculous. Mm. Now they're adding Robert Quinn. Which is even worse. Yeah, what, 17 sacks last season? I cannot name you a team that on paper looks better than the Eagles, and I cannot name you a team I think is going to beat them for the rest of the year. They're going to have one or two losses, but it won't be because they're worse on paper. That is absolutely ridiculous. The amount of talent they have, insanity. 
the only one move that they missed out on that they could have done was the Alvin Kamara move that was rumored. If they had Alvin Kamara, first of all, I would be absolutely exploding with joy as someone who is an <laughs> Alvin Kamara lover. Granted, Andy Dalton made him worth a lot this week. He really started to utilize it. If he was with Jalen Hurts, I might bust a gasket, okay, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. That was the only. They're still a little weak at running back. Miles Sanders is serviceable, you know, yeah. at ten to fifteen, ten to twenty area. He's serviceable. That like, would be the only place that they like. Yeah, I, I'm like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith are fantastic, right? Like I don't like you could upgrade them, but there's no reason to. You probably should upgrade Miles Sanders if you can. Like that's how I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, I agree with that at that point, but also their running game isn't bad with Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts in the backfield. That's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, to it's where they could upgrade. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That's like their place. If you're looking at their whole team, their place to upgrade is there. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Not Andrew, that they I need think to. I could, but. Yeah. Andrew, I think I cut you off. My bad. I mean, with the Eagles, Howie Roseman has just been. Woo. Woo. Yep. Uh, Logan, man. Um, He's he he's been making so many great trades. Um, the AJ Brown trade to start off the season during the during the draft. Uh, Thank you, drafting, AJ Brown. Drafting Jordan Davis, uh, getting uh, having that O line still be there with Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson. Uh, can't think of the right tackle right now. Um, Lane Johnson. Um, these guys have just been like solidifying themselves as one of the best O lines out there. They've been able to keep pressure off of Hertz for a while, be able to get some passes off. And this is why the Eagles have been doing so well. But adding, like you said, if they added like either Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara in any source, I think that backfield would be solidified. But adding Robert Quinn already to a defense that is stepping up. You got Nakobe Dean on that team. Uh, you got Darius Slade, James Bradbury, the free agent who was cut by the Giants, being added to it during the off season. Like Chauncey Gardner. Like what the heck? I I don't like you said. I don't see any team beating the Eagles right now. For the that, next couple weeks, like after coming off this bye, I really don't think any team is going to beat them coming off this bye for the next couple weeks. I mean, I mean that's with, not even, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Oh, so, I mean, with the Eagles as well, I mean, w- even with, you know, not a very style, we're not a star running back, they still have a very good offensive line that, you know, the Patriots have shown that in the past, a running back by com- running by committee can help out a lot. So they're able to balance it. I think with Alvin Kamara or with uh, Kareem Hunt, that would definitely be really good, but Jalen Hurts still has the protection. He can still run if he needs to, yeah. and he's not and he's not so much running like bodying people like Josh Allen is, which is definitely concerning. You have, you know, Jalen Hurts. You can definitely play it very smart, and the teams that can match up against the Eagles. I mean, the Chiefs have an amazing offensive line, so that pass rush they could actually match well against it, even with Kelsey in there. But what are their receivers going to do? They can't take anybody out. Uh, the Bills, I mean, the Bills' pass rush is also very good. But 
the Eagles still have a very good offensive line and great receivers. And then also with their pass rush, if you start disrupting Josh Allen, like I'm thinking Super Bowl, any team, the Eagles can find a way to beat you up. So, I mean, it's... with with Jalen Hurts, like you guys said, like Josh Allen being more aggressive at putting his body on the line, Jalen Hurts has been more conservative about keeping his body safe. Like he doesn't take the risky, like, all right, I'm going to truck over this guy and see if I actually can get the extra yards. No, he's like actually conservative and it's like, all right, our season would be on the line if I get injured because I'm the guy that this whole entire locker room is looking up to right now. I stepped up when Carson Wentz went down and was benched for the rest of the season. And this team has been surrounding me with the much enjoyment that I've had being here. And I am this quarterback of the future for this franchise right here. And I don't see anybody else stepping up into this role to help lead this team right now. And I mean, you got to take it. You got to take it. He went, he went to Alabama, was doing crappy in the championship game. Tua comes in, takes over. That's still playing a reflective mind on him. So now he's playing like a better quarterback and is playing smarter and wiser. And he is, he's going to lead this team to, to greater things. Yeah. And I mean, the last point I have before we move to the Roquan Smith trade, which the chat is shouting out, we need to talk about the Ravens and I'm all about it. Yeah. But the last point I have here is Andrew, you're, analysis of their defense is spot on, but it didn't even mention the pass rushers they have, including Hassan Riddick, Roquan Smith now, Fletcher Cox. Jordan Davis is hurt, but he's been real good for them. Their defensive line is deep, and it is good. It is nuts. Mm -hmm. It adds to death. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. But what I consider to be the biggest move of the trade deadline is Roquan Smith to the Ravens, and I know our chat is about to go nuts. (laughs) I mean... There was a comment on Twitter that really said it best. They paid absolute. I, what was it? What did they pay? I have it right here. They, no, I don't. What did they trade for? I Roquan think Smith? it was, was a, a second, second and a fifth, or just a second. Yeah, they paid it. They paid just. They paid an extra fifth round pick for the Bears' second for Chase Claypool for yeah. a future Hall of Fame linebacker. In my opinion, this man has led the league in tackles, has the most tackles in the NFL since he came into the league, is consistently healthy, runs sideline to sideline, can cover like that's an underrated part of Roquan Smith's game is that he can sit back in zone coverage and or man up with your running back and still cover them really well Roquan Smith is probably a top three linebacker in the league right now something that the Ravens absolutely need on defense they also need their corners to get healthy but if you can't run on the Ravens and all you can do is throw on the Ravens it makes you incredibly one-dimensional and that run that run defense is already tough adding Roquan Smith makes it 13 times harder Yep. I mean, look, looking at it, uh, so the Ravens healthy, we'll talk about Ravens healthy, uh, are one of the most built teams on defense overall. We can talk about their offense, how the receivers are lackluster, their running back situation is not ideal, you know, J.K. Dobbins being hurt again, uh, and all that issues, and now they have Kenyon Drake, and he's okay, but defensively, they are about as sound as any team can get when they're healthy. And yeah. now mm-hmm. they're adding the biggest missing piece on their defense, which was a linebacker. Again, fully healthy here as a team. They look disgusting. I am so glad we already played them as a Patriots guy. I'm so <laughs> glad we don't have to play that. Because Rokon Smith, we saw it when we all played against, when the Patriots played them. Rokon Smith was all over the field. It's what he does. He's in the backfield. He's put he's 10 yards up when a, you know, a running back breaks it or a receiver breaks out. He's always there. And I, the Ravens really got a steal, like a second and a fifth yeah. for that. 
I'm um, also interested to see how Roquan Smith helps Patrick Queen develop. Obviously, yes. Patrick yeah. Queen's still kind of young. He's underperformed as a first-round pick, but he's still very good. He's fast. He's athletic. That Ravens defense in the middle can go sideline to sideline with any running back in the league. Absolutely yes. not. Oh, I'm Patrick Queen. pretty sure the Bears utilized Roquan to be an outside linebacker at the time when he was still there because um, they added Nick Morrow at the beginning of the season. But now they're moving. I think with when you with this trade, he's moving. The Ravens are going to move him back to the inside linebacker position, which is going to really help Patrick Queen develop now. Um, and I really think this will be a huge asset in the end for the Ravens. Um, yeah, going I forward, couldn't agree, Andrew. And you know, we thinking about this. I just kind of put it in my head. Brooklyn Smith's what his fourth year, fifth year, something. Yeah, yeah he's not. Yeah, he's, he's looking his, for his new contract. You know yeah. who I just realized helped him get there Kalomak. i just yeah. realized who helped him get to this monster one of the other linebacker goats last 10 years he hasn't looked great this year you know he's looked okay with the chargers not bad not great but he i'm sure he was a part of the development and now he can kind of give that off patrick queen who already looks great um i've come up with something that we didn't talk to doing that i think we should do as we are in the mid-season and we just went through uh you know the trade deadline did anyone else have any other trades i want to talk about specifically before we do what i wanted to do uh, just I mean, that Hawkinson is big to the Vikings and Calvin Ridley next year for T-Law is going to be great. That's really all i got to say. Oh, yeah. If he plays. Yeah. If he plays. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ridley, definitely, Ridley going to the, Fal- uh, to the Jags um, next season, um, I really think that since that uh, T-Law kind of watched uh, Calvin Ridley at that national championship game and kind of mm-hmm. saw how he played and then also playing him a couple times when I think it was like, what? last season i think the falcons played them um they uh they kind of like showed it kind of showed like maybe like something was going to happen but like like i said adding him to this mix uh to trevor lawrence who kind of needs a wide receiver uh one option um sorry christian kirk i love you and all uh you've been on my fantasy team but kind of hasn't been doing much since uh, getting overpaid Rip, rip Andrew. Rip. <laughs> yeah, you're lagging a bit, Andrew. Christian Kirk heard that yeah, and Andrew can probably hear us, but he, he, his stuff's going to be glitching. I'm going to uh, mute him temporarily. <laughs> okay, he's back. Oh, he's, he's back. back. He's, he's back. back. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, so, that's okay. We're gonna ha- you're gonna have another chance to make a point because what we're gonna do, and I do agree, Jake, that TJ Hawkinson could make a big deal, especially fantasy wise. He's had a few good games, but this could be a lot more consistent. And this is gonna open up Justin Jefferson to have his only touchdown since week one, which is crazy concerned how good he looked in week one. So let me go ahead and pull this up. And we are going to do drum roll, please. Uh, our NFL tier list mid-season post-trade deadline tier oh. list. Oh, that no. is what we are right. doing. Oh. This is a surprise to all of them, but I was thinking about it. It's week nine. It's the start of week nine. Technically, and the next week would be the start of the season. However, I want initial reactions to this trade deadline. I want this purely based off of what is the middle part of the season for most people. It feels like when you hit the trade deadline. And we're going to do our ratings. We will likely do one more of these once we get to the about week 14-ish. Well, probably. we got my team tiers coming up in two weeks, too, after week 10. Is it a meme? It's fact. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a meme tier. Yeah, okay. I got my meme tears. No, these are serious. I don't like serious tears. So we can do okay, that. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So I have five tiers here. I don't want to add any more. Reason fine. being, I think that these are fair. I think that we have Super Bowl bound. We have late playoffs, which means divisional conference round. We have wild cards, which means both teams that will make the wild card and teams that could make the wild card. We have middle of the pack. Any teams around 500 that we don't think could make the playoffs but could sit around the area of the – like they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to have the top five picks. You know, okay. that's a range or even top 10 picks. So uh, and then dumpster fires, which is all top five picks is where we're going to kind of have it is my thought process. So I'll tell you what this equates to in my mind is the top two to four teams, what equates to then the next eight or so teams and then our eight to ten teams and equates to the next eight or ten teams. And then these will be about eight and ten or eight and then five, something like that is kind of what I'm looking for. So okay. uh, any thoughts before we move in? That's just a general idea. We could add it here. I just figured this feels like a very kind of touches everything. So yeah, um, I'm good with it. Yep. Okay. So we're going to go in reverse order because I like to break stuff up sometimes. Washington, not the Redskins because that's insulting. The Commanders. <laughs> the football. Uh, fire. They're... Anywhere in between middle of the pack and dumpster fire. If we want to put them at the top of the dumpster fire tier, that's fine. Here's the way yeah. I want to look at it. Do we think they're going to have a top five pick? That's what No, I'm middle thinking. of the pack. I think they're going to be yeah. around oh, the middle pack. Okay, yeah, that's what I want you to think about. Top five pick is a dumpster fire. They are essentially <laughs> tanking for whatever. They are sucking for Stroud, okay? They are doing <laughs> stuff like that, okay? Uh, Tennessee Titans. I know uh, they're middle of the pack. Card. You think it's a wild card? I still think they're middle of the pack. But they're well, they're, they're going to win the division. They're fighting yeah. for yeah. They're in the wild card. I don't think they make it any further than the wild card. So I, I, I would yeah. agree with that. Well, um, no. My thought process there, Nick, is they're going to win the division, so they're going to play a playoff game. Like I, there, there's no other. It's crazy how five enough. weeks ago we were thinking they were going to miss the playoffs, and here they are again. But whatever. <sighs> But they haven't even played that well. It's Derrick Henry. By the way, I did well in DraftKings this week. I had uh, I had a score that would have won me $1,000 if I went to the big one this week, but I didn't, <laughs> of course. So, uh, anyways, uh, Derrick Henry had like 40 points. Uh, the Tampa Bay sucking ears. They, uh, they might not win the division. They might not even win the division. Pump your brakes. It's, we're still talking Tom Brady here. Wild card. Like, yeah, well, at least wild card. Yeah. There is nothing in me that doesn't think the Bucks will win that division. I don't think they're going to figure it out, figure it out, but they could win that division at 9-8, and eight and it won't even be a problem. Yeah. It's the worst division in sports. It's the worst division in football. Football, not It sports. doesn't look like football. it, but it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, I think that this Middle is a late pack. playoff. No, this is a late playoff. Late playoff. This is mm. the most, and I'm taking these words directly from Colin Coward's mouth because I agree with him. This is the second most complete team in the league when they're they three and five. I think that they push. I they keep Bro, running. Over all they? that just to lose to Geno Smith. Were they one? Yeah, I know, right? Were they one and three with Trey Lance? Something like that. I don't know. So I, no, I don't. I don't know. Trey Lance got hurt in like week two. Okay, fine. I I will have this. Let's agree on wild card if we're in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Right now, Actually, like I think the Bucks and the 49ers may get pushed down at some point as more teams get put in, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah we can. Well, we can also, move the closer. 49ers are four and four, and realistically, I think a lot of injuries on defense are kind of limiting them. I honestly think this could be a late playoff team, or 
you know, if they get their stuff together, potentially like close to Super Bowl. But we'll see. Do they get key components back late in the season? That's my real question here then. Nick yeah. Bosa will be back. Uh, okay, put them in, in, in the late playoff category. If Nick Bosa actually comes back. I'm yeah, Nick Bosa will be back, and so will actually pretty soon. Another Christian McCaffrey will be back. Um, Elijah Mitchell will also be back in the next few weeks. So a lot okay. of helpful pieces coming. Um, Seattle Seahawks, obviously Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> Let's be honest. Here. Um, I do think they Ball are cards. fighting for a wild card, and they're playing very well. However, this is a reach of a wild card. This is a could be a wild card team, not a will be a wild card team, because their division is okay enough. I mean, we thought besides the AFC West, the NFC West was going to be the best division in football. So obviously there's still some components there that we were expecting that haven't been. I could see the Seahawks going anywhere between getting second in that division or last. That's really the bigger problem here. Mm -hmm. But I'm fine with a wild card placement for now because they are the head of that division. Through eight games, they're five and three. I like what I see from Geno Smith. Yeah. Also, again, in this mind, this is a could be wild card, not will be wild card. Wild card could be both, but we're putting them both in the same layer here. These Steelers. Fucking dumpster fire. fire. It's it's got to be a dumpster fire. That was a misplacement. It's got to be one of the top five picks this year, right? Like, they can't figure out Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, obviously wasn't the correct pick. It's so, it it just wasn't, it wasn't good. I'm not even going to lie. I think this might end up being a Josh Rosen situation where they absolutely could end up getting C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and or Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richardson. They, like, there is nothing in me that doesn't say draft a quarterback for the Steelers. Yeah, give me the hooker. Uh, the Eagles, this is probably the most, yeah. most obvious other than one or two other teams. The Eagles are very much Super Bowl bound. They do have to show that they can win in the playoffs. However, their skill makes it likely. They just have to capitalize. It's as straightforward as that. The Jets, this is a very surprising thing here. They are not playoff team, but they are middle of the pack. They are not a dumpster fire. The Patriots did beat them. It didn't seem that bad, but it was that bad. Um, Mac Jones is still coming back, and they beat him pretty bad. It was 22 to 10 with a couple minutes left. Simple as that. Yeah. Two interceptions, no, I mean, Zach Wilson. You're garbage. No, I mean, honestly, the Jets are one of the worst above 500 teams through eight games I've seen. Their defense, yes. has, played, their defense has played very well. Yes. <laughs> Zach Wilson, I mean, honestly, I think it's one of those situations where they invested heavily in a player and they don't want to move off of them. But at this yep. point, I would be moving Zach Wilson and trying to find – ways to move up to get one of these quarterbacks i, mean, I don't think Sam zach- newton is available too so i, don't know. I mean i said it when zach wilson was drafted i don't get the hype i remember all of the arguments that i had to have with all of you about how zach wilson wasn't that good and nobody wanted to believe me i heard Here we you are. and i agreed with you yes andrew you did i will give you that credit but that's where we're at with the, the Jets. same thing about trey lance as well this yeah. is a team that is a quarterback away from being at least a wild card, if not a division round playoff team. Yes. Yep. Agreed. And we have another one of those teams. However, the team is playing much better overall than the Jets. And the Giants, as much as I hate to do this, are a wild card team. Now, whether they are actually a wild card team or a fringe wild card team, we don't know yet, but they are playing 
like and have the record of a wild card team. Perfect timing, because Kyle at, is like saying, tread carefully where you put them. At this point in time, do we put them ahead of the Bucks and the Seahawks, or do we... Is oh, that I wasn't order, doing it in any order? order. It was not. I would put them ahead of all three of these teams. I think that okay. the Giants stealing, only because the Eagle is a five seed, I think that their floor is out of the playoffs as like a nine seed, you know, like one yeah. or two spots, nine, ten. I think that is their floor. I do not think that they have a very high ceiling because of the Eagles, because of the other teams in the NFC that are good. However, yeah. I think it's 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 five to ten with them, you know, making or missing the playoffs. Um, we'll see how I mean, the second half of their season goes. I don't see them beating the Eagles at all. Have they played the Eagles yet or they still have two No, they play them twice in the last five weeks, I think. And I don't see them beating the Cowboys. So that's three losses right there. Other than that, I mean, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, also yeah. with the Giants, too, no matter what, if they make it to the playoffs, this is a, this is definitely the kind of team that you don't want to play against because you have a defense that can make life terrible for you. And if they can get their run game going, that gives you so much less time for you to be able to score, especially in the NFC, where overall aside from jalen hurts and maybe tom brady if you know he's able to get his crap together there really isn't a lot of great quarterback play so you now are taking this is a team that can take time off the clock for teams that are very limited at quarterback so it's it, you know giants have a recipe to definitely cause some trouble in the playoffs yeah they give saying- me Oh, go ahead. They give me they give me pre Legion of Boom Seahawks vibes where they the Seahawks went in at eight and nine and beat the Saints. Like that's the that's the vibes this team gives me, but they got a better record. That's really what it is. I make the same point I've been making for weeks. Daniel Jones is not a team that'll not a quarterback that'll win them games. However, he's a quarterback that will not lose them games, and that makes him average, and that is okay because an average QB can make it to the playoffs and maybe even win a game. Totally possible. I don't know if they'll do that. Saquon has to stay healthy or else his team implodes. And that's just the truth of it. Like, yep. and, and they didn't yeah. do anything at the, 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 the offseason. So I think it's pretty straightforward. The Saints are not a dumpster fire yet. Pretty I close. think that they – aren't they three and five? Like, Yeah, but it's close. It isn't a good three. Close. <laughs> yeah. They're cutting it, they're I cutting think it that real, there are some, some teams on here that are much worse. Mm. Yes, they're yeah. very middle of the pack because they do have a defense I can cut. I mean – you can shut out, you know, the Raiders potentially, but also, you know, Brady had a tough game against them oh, earlier in the season. So they're very middle of the pack that can. It's like a six to eight yeah. wins season. That's not yeah. a bottom five pick, you know, like that's, yeah. that's not a bottom five pick. Um, I know I... this seems biased. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. Anything else? No, I was moving on to the Patriots anyway. You're good. I know this seems biased. I genuinely think the Patriots are a fringe. They are not a wild card team. A fringe wild card team at nine and seven or a nine and nine and eight. eight. Uh, yes, I'd put them at the top of the middle of the pack tier. I think they're going to hover around five hundred, and the AFC is too good to make the playoffs at nine and eight. I it's I tough. Just, almost it's so disagree tough. because I see how the two teams that we said would make the playoffs, the Chargers and the Broncos, are not playing to that standard and don't have the mm-hmm. record to do it. Therefore, that opens up two spots in pretty much everyone's rankings. Yeah, but aren't the Patriots aren't the Patriots last place in the AFC East right now? At That's four, a genuine... technically correct. Technically correct. And but they have only played uh, two divisional games, and they're one and one in those divisional games. Okay. The truth I is, mean, it, it, you I'm know, fine with the, I'm fine with the placement as long as they're last in the wild card spot. I think it's more top of the middle of the pack spot, but it's fine. Like that's you know just what? Nitpicky. I'm okay with that. 
However, they could easily go down this list. I don't think they go down. I think they're here or they're at, you know up into the wild card area. Again, they're they're close ish. Um, I was just looking here. The Vikings. This is a hundred percent a late playoff team. This is a team that has played very consistent. Dalvin Cook is finally getting to his you know midseasons you know play. They have T.J. Hawkinson. Justin Jefferson hasn't doing well. Hasn't been doing well. They're still six and one. Uh, and then you know they have a good team. So I would I would I would go ahead, Andrew. I would counter this, and I would say that they might be the other option to go Super Bowl bound, just because of the fact that now, now with the acquisition of T.J. Hawkinson, if you go back, if this if the Eagles played the Vikings next week, mm-hmm. I think it would be a different outcome. I think it'd be a lot closer of a game than it was um, when they played earlier this season. I yeah. I was looking at this as we needed two from the NFC and two from the AFC and then Super Okay, Bowl that's down. fine. I hadn't cleared that up. I said two to four teams. If there is going to be a second team in the NFC, I would also choose the Vikings. I yes, was going to so. say, and if it's if it's that format, if it's just like one team from the NFC, three teams from the AFC, it's fine. But I was going to say, I don't think the Cowboys are better than the Vikings, and I could be wrong about that. But I would put the Vikings no, ahead agree. of the Cowboys right now. I agree with these two being your two Super Bowl contenders, likely your championship, the two that could make it for sure, 100%. Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, the Dolphins, I think, are right above the Patriots, slightly in the middle of the pack category. I do not think that they make the playoffs. It, it, I just don't. I, if anything, they're the eighth seed. Well, well I was going to say, you're arguing to me that the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, but the Dolphins... Yeah. I believe end up with a better record than the Patriots at ten and seven. Both of those yeah. teams could end up in ten and seven, and then it comes to a head to head, and I'm not sure who gets that. So that's why I was hesitant to put the Patriots in the playoff. Like I see the your point. Spot. You can move the Dolphins down and make it like fringe playoff, like at the top of that middle of the pack, or you can put the Dolphins at the back of the wild card spot. Wild card in my mind would be fringe playoff. So I understand your point. I would also say that the Dolphins are slightly better than the Patriots right now. I would agree. That that's they are Tua probably right there. It all yeah. depends if Tua stays healthy on this. Yeah, and yeah, the Patriots and Dolphins could switch. They could totally switch here. We don't know. Yep. But the Patriots have to really pick it up to get there. So um, this is the dumpster fire of all dumpster fires. I mean, the, the Raiders have yeah. played absolutely egregiously awful. I can't even begin to understand. Why is Josh McDaniel such an awful head coach? I don't understand. I don't know. It, My- it's partially his fault. I don't know. My only hope in the world is that the Raiders decide to fire Josh McDaniels after week 10 and he can become the Patriots offensive coordinator again. That would be best <laughs> yeah. case. That's my greatest hope in the world. He's just, I, I, I don't know. I think it sucks with the Raiders too. I mean, their defense is definitely not one that, you know, I would be too excited about. I mean, but Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, I mean, Josh Jacobs showing some potential. And then if Darren Waller can stay healthy, but it's just... I, at the end of it all, I just feel bad for Derek Carr because I want him to succeed, but this is just just going to destroy his value as a player, and I just feel, I feel bad for him. I do feel bad for Derek Carr with this it's season. It's not good. It's yeah. not good. Um, some of these are going to get a little bit easier, I think, to go through. Um, the Rams have not looked like all of us probably thought they were going to look. They're still going to make late playoffs. I think they're late playoffs, if anything, but I don't think they're... they're I don't even think they're a wild card team. I I think that they are a fringe wild card because I think 
that the other late playoff team. Let's assume that you know if late playoffs is divisional and uh, divisional and Super Bowl, right? In my mind, kind of, and and you know and, and NFC Championship. So roughly, have about four teams, you know, total. In my mind, roughly, I think that the other team. I'm looking at this. I'm just making sure I'm not missing anyone. Is probably the Cowboys that would make it to like the NFC Championship, NFC Divisional. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking at. So that's I mean, the other team. Unless they play the 49ers, and that's not going to happen. So, oh man, that's tough. I mean, very tough. Because I'm, I'm looking at the I'm, other NFC teams, and I don't see Falcons doing anything. I mean, you have D Hop back on the Cardinals. I mean, I just don't. I, I see them being a top wild card team, but I don't see them making late playoffs. Well, in this scenario, we're assuming the 49ers come out as the champion of the West, right? Like, that's what we're assuming here? Yeah, 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 probably, yeah. I mean, do we see the Rams, with the way that Matt Stafford's played and the way that they've looked, do they beat out the Seahawks? That's really the bigger question here. Yes, but barely. Like, it's close. It's close. I mean, I can put them above the Seahawks. I can't justify them putting up. I can't justify putting them ahead of the Bucks, even though the Bucks haven't looked as good as the Seahawks. Only with you. Figure it out. Well, we'll and see. Maybe we'll the see. NFC. May, the NFC is as bad as we thought it was going to be. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it may be a little worse. I'm also re- teams. I'm also reconsidering my Dolphins pick because they just added Bradley Chubb. I think we need to move him up a couple spots. Yeah. Because uh, they right, did get yeah. better. They got better at the deadline. There, right there. Actually, the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins could definitely win a game over anybody else in the wild card side from the Giants. Yeah. But actually, um, even then, they could potentially beat the Giants, too. I'm good I'm with where they're at right now. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted okay. to yeah. revisit that because I'm of the going fact to. That... We could talk mm-hmm. about this if we really want to, but no, I know no, that's it. For it. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> for it. Um, we did talk about it. I think that the other NFC team that makes the late playoffs, that makes that, is probably the Cowboys. This yep. could change in the next eight weeks, but Dak looked significantly better this week than he did two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. honestly looked better than he did before he got hurt. Tony Pollard is continuing to prove why he should probably be the number one running back there, with Zeke being only the third down option, or, or like a short third down and short option. Um, that, that's what I have to say about that. Like That team uh, looks good. I don't necessarily agree with your Pollard analysis because Zeke has looked good. I think Pollard is slightly better at this point, but for what the Cowboys do, I think it's good to have the change of pace with Pollard. Yeah. But other than like, it only adds to the fact that they've been great. Like they have mm-hmm. been very, very good. And the fact of the matter is that they have a defense for the first time in a decade, and Micah Parsons has completely changed the way that defense operates. Yes, Micah Parsons yes. is. You know, he's <laughs> he's playing like a. An incredible, like near Trevor Lawrence, like Lawrence Taylor kind of level, like insane shit. He's playing. Right now. He's playing at a DPOI level. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm. I'm looking at this. So I'm looking at in my mind the two or so late playoff teams I put for the AFC. I am really struggling. One. Broncos. I'm only somewhat I'm, sure about one. I'm struggling to find. Bengals. Yeah. At this point. Oh, right. That's like the, only... the one I'm like. Okay. Sure. But the Bengals, I don't know about the Bengals. They didn't it, look well, good depends, last night. It depends because it seems like Chase is the only big playmaker for that offense that Burrow likes to throw to as much. But it's like, at this point, it's just like, who else do you take? Like, do you take the Colts? 
the Broncos to offend like. Do you know, do you know what I would hate to say? And I think the Browns. I'm thinking Deshaun yeah. Watson comes back. That team oh looks God. decent with Jacoby Brissett. Like truthfully, it looks decent. I hate to say this. No matter how bad of a person Deshaun Watson is, the three years ago he was a top five quarterback in the league. I wasn't going to say that, and I have a counterpoint, but I'm going to let you finish first. Yeah. All I'm going to say is they're going to get a top five QB in the league from a top 20, top 25. Like, Jacoby Brissett's nothing crazy. They, as long as chemistry meshes, they are going to be very good. So here's my problem with that analysis. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in two years. I don't think he's going to look great for the first Honestly, I don't think he's going to look great for the rest of the season. I think it pays off for them more next year when he gets a full off season under his belt and is actually like back into football. Yeah. My, what I was going to say is that with the looking at the rest of the AFC that we have here, I think you can comfortably move the Dolphins into late playoffs and I was move, the Patriots about that. To, move the Patriots to the middle of the pack tier. And I would be comfortable with that assessment. Because the Patriots can make a seven yeah. seed if the AFC is actually going to shape out like the way it looks See, right now. See, doesn't it seem like worse than what we thought it was beginning of the season? Like, these are your two best teams. The Ravens have looked good. The Patriots played them close. The Dolphins have looked good. The Patriots are playing much closer now than they did at the start of the season. Yep. And then after that, you have the Titans, who are going to be a, 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 a you know top four seed because they're going to probably four seed. And then, so what? The Dolphins are a wild card team who probably beats you know the Titans. So what do you have left? You have... What the Patriots here? Maybe the Jets? Maybe no, the Bengals? I think you probably like, have the Chargers in that last seed. I mean, yeah, uh, that Chargers, would be yeah. that would be my. They look a little tough, but I agree. I mean, they don't look good, but at the same point, if I'm looking at the rest of the teams in the AFC right now, I mean, Justin Herbert's probably the quarterback I'm hedging my bets on when yeah. Joe Burrow doesn't have Jamar Chase for at least four weeks. Yeah. Uh, and... Okay. We can Sorry, talk about ahead. the Bengals when we can talk about the Bengals when it comes up. Let's move on yeah. to the Jags. Uh, yes. Middle of the pack. Mid. Middle of the pack. They look fine. very much middle, um, of the pack. Top middle. I feel like they're above the Jets, though. I mean, if they get their stuff together again and actually play like they did, like first like four weeks when they actually looked like a pretty good team coming into the season. Yeah. Um, I really think they could do something. I think. I, we could table this and move on. And the coach who moved up to Super Bowl contender only because <laughs> they got Matty Ice. Chaos. Matty Ice. Sam Ellinger gets him to the uh, Super Bowl. Speaking of that, the Colts fired their offensive coordinator because he decided to bench Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger yes. that game. And uh, that was just I, a, that was complete chaos. You know I what? Mean, I'm like, glad they are dumpster fire. Aren't they like three and four and one? There's yes. something yeah. like that. Like, like they're yeah. probably not going to be a top five pick, but they are a dumpster fire. Just like the Broncos are a dumpster. Yes. Like, yeah, they yep. may not UK be top five pick, but they are dumpster fire. I also, I also understand that moving Bradley Chubb doesn't mean that they're like admitting this Russell Wilson thing isn't going to work out. But at the same time, doesn't it feel like them moving Bradley Chubb is admitting it? Like this no, Russell I think Wilson thing isn't going to work out. Hackett thing is going to work out. I think it's yeah. him more than it is. Uh, uh, is uh, I mean, I agree Wilson. with you, but also I don't. How bad are the Texans right now? I haven't even been paying attention to the Texans. They're, I think um, they're the same record as the Colts. They're actually like middle of the pack, like low middle of the pack. They're, like 
Like, but they're not okay. dumpster fire like the Colts. Like, mm -hmm. the Texans shouldn't be as good as they are. Like, the Colts should like, be better than they are. Like, the way it looks right now, this is, I think, how the season would end for that AFC South, where the Titans are a wild card. Um, the Jaguars would be second in that. Texas finished third. Colts will be last. I mean, you got to get your shit together for the Colts to yeah. do something. Yeah. If anything. So looking at this, we have two AFC, two NFC for Super Bowl and late playoffs. We currently have four NFC. I think we should add a fourth AFC to the wild card. Uh, I think yeah, we kind of already talked about the Bengals are the other team. You know, they made Super Bowl last year. I would put the Bengals over any other AFC. There's not a lot of AFC. There's actually just the Bengals and the Browns. Um, I would put so, the Bengals over um, the Browns. The question yeah, I would pose are: Do you are you higher on the Bengals than you are the Patriots? Because I think that's what it comes down to. Well, I'm saying there would be a the fourth Patriots. team in the wild card hunt. I'm saying. That's oh, what I'm saying. okay. Okay. So a, we have three AFC teams here and four NFC. Let's add a fourth AFC in terms yeah. of the hunt. I, I right? would... Can, can we just get rid of the Panthers already to a dumpster fire? They, yeah. I'm sorry. You're, that's probably your final. Uh, there might be a, a six dumpster fire team. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Bears. Yeah. The Bears. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I mean, it depends. I mean, the, if the I'll Lions, give you they're the best dumpster fire team. How about that? I, I would so say good. I would say the Lions are like top dumpster fire, close to middle of the pack. If they actually like do some more stuff and actually get their defense to actually work in sync. Um, and actually be able to, like, win the, the Bears are the best. The Bears are the best dumpster fire team because at least they have a future quarterback. Yeah. How, yeah. Did, yes. the, how did the AFC West go from three teams that are going to make the playoffs to two teams that have a top five pick to t potential? Well, like, how? How? How did they do that? Like, and, and honestly, the Chargers are going to barely squeak into the playoffs. Like, yep. it's, it's just the Chiefs. Yeah. Why do we doubt the Chiefs? We should never doubt it, the Chiefs. I yep. didn't. I know you did it, but I did. I'm a dumbass. I did. Oh, I, did, I, did, too. I, I did doubt the Chiefs because just because anyway. of that Tyreek Hill trade, I really didn't think they were going to Dude, I literally told you, quarterbacks and coaches, great quarterbacks and great coaches, figure it out. I just want I mean, to get Yeah. I mean, oh, I guess these last five teams are middle of the pack, in my opinion. I mean, you yeah. really can't. Sorry, Andrew, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, <laughs> I mean the Cardinals. I mean, as much as they would probably be a fringe wild card team, I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. First They're... and foremost, mind you, granted, I had the other three AFC West teams pushing for a playoff spot, but. No, I'm with you, Andrew. I mean, the Cardinals are a middle of the pack team because they're not a dumpster fire. They got D Hop back. I middle of the pack team. They Very could high. make a wild card push if the NFC turns out to be as bad as we thought. And that's what I'm kind of reserving that top middle of the pack for is like, yeah, you're, I agree. you're the worst of the mid. <laughs> yeah. Packers. Packers. Can we all agree uh, with Packers? Dude, I'd throw them in the dumpster <laughs> fire category. I'm not no, going to no, lie no, to no, you. No, no. Their They're defense close. is still okay, and they still have Aaron Rodgers. But I agree, their offensive line is struggling, and their wide receivers are pretty much non-existent. Like, dumpster, yes. fi I mean, dumpster fire as in they should be better than they are. <laughs> I mean, can, can well, we that's, say that's like the, the, the Lions? The Lions are uh, oh, yeah, not being a middle pack team i think they uh, have a i even think they're like up here dude like, no. i think that I, you have no, to I, put them in the dumpster fire category they literally have the number one pick right now yeah they have two picks yeah. and they got the rams they also have the rams pick so like <laughs> if the rams end up flopping this season wow, like, yeah the rams pick could be huge so they could have two top 15 picks that'd be crazy um, um i, do I don't like there's this many dumpster fire teams here 
we'll look at that. We, um, these are both like. Yeah, well, I would put I would put the Falcons over the Saints. I would put the Falcons over the Saints at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marcus Mariota is showing that he he should be a QB one again, and the league yeah. needs to stop putting him at know, like a backup. I know yeah. that we didn't necessarily do this in order for the pack, so like yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of makes kinda. sense, but like kind of, but kind of didn't. Um, when it comes to the dumpster fire teams, I mean, I guess you could move the Colts up because they're technically not going to have a top five pick. Like, I don't think they will. Like, you could yeah. do that. Whereas the Bears are most likely going to have a top five pick, but they're the best of those dumpster fire, like, top five pick yeah. teams. Yeah, I'm fine, with, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this because this feels like I want dumpster fire to be, like, the bottom of the bottom, and these essentially are the bottom of the bottom. Um, the Colts Sweet. are, even with their Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan stuff. I think there's a pretty good list. Um, I, I mean, don't love I mean, the Dolphins up here, but you know it is what it is. Dolphins are decent. The Broncos don't have their first round pick anymore. It goes to the Seahawks. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Seahawks are going to go to the playoffs and have a top five pick. It's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is our list. I will get this sent over to you, Jake. Uh, was yeah, there please. anything else that anyone wanted to talk about today? Anything? Any other subjects? I'm trying I don't to think, think so. of. No, there isn't really much else. Just to just to go follow the socials, uh, high school backups on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you tune into the other videos that we're doing to make sure that you're seeing all of our content. Uh, That's really it, though. Yeah, I I will. I think I I definitely will say uh, congratulations to the Celtics for finally kind of after a little losing streak, kind of getting their shit back together. But I, Jake, I cannot wait for us to talk about how awful the Lakers are very soon. <laughs> yeah, congrats to the Bruins, who are currently tied 1-1 with the, uh, with yep. the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's a big game. This is a big game. They're playing a good team. So um, mm-hmm. that was it for episode 36 today. Yes, definitely make – I haven't been saying it a lot, but definitely go make sure to follow the socials. We have multiple Twitters. We have our main high school backups Twitter. We have our high school backups hockey and our high school backups soccer. Uh, so definitely make sure to go follow those. We also have the Instagram uh, we are on Facebook, even though a little less active on there. So definitely make sure to go follow us. Definitely make sure to go check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And lastly, for those of you on YouTube watching our beautiful faces, please make sure to subscribe and leave a like. We do appreciate you very much. Everyone, have a great week.